What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Fridays on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our socials on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, today's guest, I'm very excited to uh, welcome in my uh, old college advisor, Kyle Belanger. Kyle, what's going on? What's going on, dude? It's so great to see your face. It's great to hear your voice. It's, uh, it's great to be on the podcast. I love what you're doing. Um, and uh, I'm sorry for everyone who's listening that you um, that, that you got a boring guest today. So I'm going to do my best. I'll make up some lies. I'll tell some stories that I'm making up. Um, yeah, man. Uh, no, no. It's, honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be with you, brother. Good. I'm, I'm really excited to, to get to this. So um, for those of you that may not know, Kyle uh, makes trips to uh, Super Bowl Media Week each year, um, you know, goes to Radio Row. Um, so I think just for the, the folks at home, if you could just describe what it is that you do. That's a really good question. Um, and I feel like yeah, so this past, so Los Angeles, I believe, Mark, it was either my eighth or my ninth Super Bowl trip. Um, and for those of you who, those of your listeners who aren't maybe media nerds like you and I are, um, the the radio row is set up really interestingly. It started right around Super Bowl 20-ish. So we're talking early, mid-1980s, when the NFL realized that the Super Bowl was, in many respects, um, Super Bowl is really only, I would say, eight to fifteen percent about the about the game. The NFL recognized that its product lent itself to a full week's worth of, and we see it. You see it in the media. You see it if you're a sports fan, hype and storytelling and media coverage and celebrities. It's so much more than just Sunday at six thirty to ten thirty p.m. And so Radio Row is a room that is set up. Um, in the host city, typically right near the stadium, large convention center, um, where anywhere from um, 250 to 350 radio stations uh, set up shop there. Um, and that's all well and good. So if you're listening to uh, any you know, live from the Super Bowl radio row, we're all sitting in the same room, essentially, certainly in the same convention center. And there are a number of celebrities and producers like myself a producer, I'm a producer, not a celebrity. Um, and, uh, not yet, at least. Yeah, well, I was at I was at a, 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 one of my Super Bowl parties, and I'll tell you about later, called Babes and Ballers. And all of my friends are saying, "Well, which one were you?" And I was like, "I'm other. Um, I'm neither a babe nor a baller." Um, and uh, <laughs> and um, and so we get together, and we we sort of help to produce the segments. I'm part of a very small group of producers. There's four of us and two videographers who arrive on site. Um, and with a, uh, a full complement of celebrities and spokespeople and products, and we comb- we provide, um, here's, I'll speak concretely. If you heard LeGarrette Blunt on any of the Boston stations last week, uh, that was my segment. I, had, I produced that segment. And so I worked with LeGarrette Blunt um, to make sure that LeGarrette Blunt's product, uh, product which is uh, LG's Field Good, he's got a, started his own company, um, he lives in Phoenix now, and his own company is um, a CBD company uh, that helps with pain relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gave me a little rundown. What do you want to do? He said, I, well, I want to go on as many Massachusetts, Florida, and Colorado stations as I can get on because he believes that the markets in those states are more mm-hmm. open to um, LG's Feel Good, the CBD um, product. And so it's my job then to 
work with the, the producers of both, well, in this case, the Sports Hub and WBEI to make sure that um, to make sure that they got uh, LeGarrett on for their segments and to make sure that LeGarrett got the not only the 15 minutes of airtime, mm-hmm. but most importantly for my clients, in this case, LeGarrett, uh, making sure that his that, that he was asked about his product. So he got his uh his plug as well. So sure. that's one that's one piece of what I do. The other is that I work with the Wounded Warrior uh, football team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the this, this Sierra Delta Wounded Warrior football team. We have a remarkable roster of um, world-class athletes who are also um, amputees um, and, and folks who uh, have lost limbs serving our country. And they play against, we play against, um, a roster of NFL alumni and celebrities from host cities. Mm. So we also put that on as well. And so, um, and I get to teach my classes. So it's all of those things wrapped into one. Um, Very relaxing week. Sure. Uh, But uh, it's, you know, the Super Bowl would go on without me, obviously. It doesn't need me. But but the, uh, the reason why I love doing it so much is because I get to teach the classes and serve the Wounded Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely, you know. Me and the Springfield alumni, we know all about, you know, classes during Super Bowl week. Um, so you mentioned that you've done, you know, eight or nine Super Bowls. Um, what are some weeks that stand out to you? Yeah, that's a really good question, too. I think, you know, the, the, the ones that really stand out to me are Los Angeles did a marvelous job. Hosting. Okay. Um, it is I, I would not be surprised if. It took 31 years for the NFL to go back to Los Angeles as The Rock told us finally the Super Bowl has returned to Los Angeles um, in that eight-minute soliloquy. But um, uh, So Los Angeles will stand out. I think long-term, I would not be surprised if Los Angeles gets added to the regular rotation along with you know cities like Phoenix and um, New Orleans that always seem to get in the mix. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles was marvelous. Um, I think Houston was also a great week. Houston is a, a city that where all of the facilities are very centrally located. Mm. And I think that helps an awful lot. Um, and I think um, Minneapolis will always stand out to me, not, but not for a good reason. Um, I think Minneapolis was maybe the, the hardest and worst radio row that I've ever seen because it wasn't in a convention center. It was in the freaking food court of the Mall of America. Um, and uh, for all that um, for all the room that is needed for a radio row to work properly, um, the uh, food court at any mall is not equipped for that. Um, and uh, so, so that will that will certainly stand out to me as well. So I think Los Angeles and Houston are right at the top of my list. Um, Atlanta as well, but I just have a soft spot for Atlanta. Um, and uh, it, yeah, and then I think at the bottom of the ones that I've seen. I'll put San Francisco on there too. San Francisco is not really a great, um, at least not the way they did it four or five years ago, mm-hmm. because um, the radio row is in San Francisco and the stadium is in a whole different city. It's like right. forty-five minutes away, and I think it's San Jose or somewhere near. Yeah, there. it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was a little ridiculous. Sure. Um, yeah. To call it San Francisco to put us all in San Francisco, and then say you know we needed a we needed a, a media shuttle to get from the radio row to the stadium that year. And I thought that was sort of absurd. Yeah. And then of course, let me, let me, I, I know I'm, I'm talking way too much, no. but Tampa, Tampa's going to stand out too, because it was a ghost town. And the, the, the throng, the throes of the pandemic, mm. the height of the pandemic last year, 
before the vaccine, before science made it safe for us to be together again. Sure. Um, I was also there on the ground. And Tampa is a marvelous host city. And they got jobs big time um, from not being able to host. Uh, we had a massive room at the convention center in Tampa, right down near the waterfront. Mm-hmm. And there were only four tables that had people at them, maybe five. Wow. Um, it was, you could have, um, it was, it was really, it was sad. It was scary. It was haunting. And it was a stark reminder of uh, just how, um, just, just how the, the nation had been brought to its knees for the, for the winter of 2021. Right. Yeah. So next question, I've, it's kind of like a two-parter. What, uh, where was the setup in Los Angeles this year? And then what did a typical day look like? So this, it was great. The convention center was right near former Staples, now Crypto.com Arena, um, right on Figueroa, uh, right on the corner of Figueroa and Pico, the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um, and it was it was beautiful. Uh, Los Angeles um, is difficult to drive around. Uh, oh, obviously. yeah. It's legendary and it earns its reputation. Um, but something that I was really impressed with is even though it's hard to drive around, uh, it's not that far from one thing to the other. So, Mm. you know, as the crow flies, you're talking about six miles from, you know, from the convention center to where our wounded warrior game was in Compton Mm. or, you know, six miles to SoFi that takes forever to get there. But, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a runner, if you're a, you're a walker, it's a very, very walkable. These distances are walkable. Sure. Uh, It was, it was 80 degrees out. Oh yeah. It was wonderful. And I think the second part of that question is, Honestly, Garrett, there is no typical day, which I love. Um, It is, Hmm. it's chaos. And the best of us are able to slow the game down. Um, And Hmm. I remember, you know, we trained a couple of new producers this year. And uh, I, you can see the looks on their faces when they realize that it's, um, it's not a sprint. The week is not a sprint, but it is a brisk run. For you know, 16-hour workdays every mm. single day. We're up um, in the car, making the drive at 5:30 in the morning. We're on Radio Row by 6:15 a.m. Because if you remember, if you figure the math, the time zone math, mm. um, morning shows in Boston start at 6 a.m. and that means that West Coast time that's 3 a.m. Right. So um, we need to remember, you know, West Coast Super Bowls for the media. Uh, especially people who do what I do, present some very unique challenges. And then the flip side of that is that the um, you know the afternoon shows, uh, West or East Coast afternoon shows wrap up at you know five six p.m. That's three p.m. West Coast. So by mid afternoon Los Angeles time, Radio Row is starting to die down because hmm. you know East Coast bias. There's more East Coast markets than there are West Coast and in, in, in Midwest that show up, you know, from Mm -hmm. Miami to Philadelphia to Tampa to all those East Coast, New York, all those, you know, Sirius XM is on the East Coast schedule. Sure. So all of the the national uh, shows are, national stations are winding down by mid-afternoon. So it definitely, it it makes so that, it makes so that the workday feels weird and then you finish at 3 p.m., and you still have to wait a couple hours for local dinner time. So there's, it's, it's a, it's a strange uh, rhythm to try to get in. And then forget it. If you want to go to a party at night, you know, if I'm going out at, I'm a, like, I'm a 45 year old dad, but you know, um, I'm in bed at home by nine, around here, nine thirty at night. I'm in bed. 
Hmm. If I survive reading bedtime stories to my kids, which I usually fall asleep doing that. <laughs> so, you know, if I, if I go out to a party like I did last week, um, you know, showing up early like the loser I am at 9 p.m. local time, that's already midnight East Coast time. I was cooked. Hmm. hmm. Wow, that just sounds like quite a day, like fits and starts type of thing. Yeah, um, that's that's really well put. It that's is, so interesting. So in terms of, um, you know, the amount of years that you've gone to the Radio Row, are there, like, people that you see every year? And are there, like, favorite people that you enjoy seeing every year? Yeah, absolutely. Both, both from, the, um, from the celebrity and the media um, media angle um it's a the the people who show up every year we do we do look forward to seeing one another and Mm. you know um the hosts the radio stations um it's a even though it's a large club it's a tight club um and uh and so the hosts who you know now it was two years since i'd seen many of them because sure like i mentioned tampa was really um small and the only stations that were there in tampa um, quite literally the only, I'm not overstating it, were Kansas City and Tampa. Those are the only stations that made a trip wow. to, the, um, to the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I mean, Tampa was one of the teams, so those they didn't have to go far at all. Sure. Um, whereas, yeah, absolutely, whether it's, um, you know, hosts that are, are producers that I've developed, um, developed relationships with over the years, there are definitely people, and also... Um, uh, people who's, who, who change affiliations. You know, I think about um, there's a, a one guy who was a producer uh, in, in, a, um, in a te- market in Texas who this year I noticed was sitting with the Las Vegas folks, and this year he was wearing a suit and tie. And I was like, Hugh, what's, are you, you're in Vegas now? He's like, yeah, I'm program director of four stations in Las Vegas. I was like, wow. oh, like it's great, you know, watching a guy yeah. in eight years go from – a hungry 20-year-old producer hmm. to a 30-year-old uh, program director um, is really exciting, and you get to watch those guys. Um, another one, uh, this, this uh, guy who um, works in Los An- or in Atlanta, um, he's one of the, their on-air hosts, Raphael. Um, he's a guy who I recognized from, you know, the work that I do with the Basketball Hall of Fame, hmm. I recognized him from the virtual enshrinement press conference during the Rudy Tomjanovich. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's one of the guys from that room. And so wow. we developed that relationship. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, the celebrities who I enjoy seeing every year, you know, whether it's someone like Ryan Leaf, who I've worked hmm. with a number of years now, or Bob Golick, who I really, truly enjoy my time with Bob. He's a great guy. In fact, he's a guy that I drove into Radio Row like five of the five days that we were working last week, Bob was getting a ride in with me. Mm. Um, there are definitely relationships. And it's funny because um, I was talking to the folks um, in, from Nashville about this as we were waiting in line for churros. Um, they, they, they feed us poorly, but they feed, they feed us bad food, but it's delicious. And so we were, me and the producers from the, the station in, in Nashville were standing in line together for churros, and we were talking about how we had no idea what was happening um, in real life, you just totally lose when you're immersed. It's kind of like when you go to camp for a week, mm. you totally lose sense of what's real outside of that, that very enclosed environment you're in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so when you come back out of it, it's a bit of culture shock for a couple mm. of days. It's like, you know, I turn on the news. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't re- 
I forgot. I forgot that was even happening. Yeah. And so it's it's a bit like that. Um, it's like uh, it's like media nerd fantasy camp for a week. Hmm. That's really what it is. Hmm. hmm. That's very interesting. Well, I'm glad that you shared that Los Angeles was you know a great setup. Um, are there any specific uh, stories that uh, are gonna are gonna stick with you that uh, well, happened in LA? Well, when I think about LA, I will I will think about um, a couple of things. You know, the the new relationships that I was able to um, forge with. Uh, specifically, um, I, I had really a wonderful day with John Sally. Um, John Sally is a guy who I had never worked with before. I worked with many of his teammates at the Hall of Fame, whether it's Isaiah or Rick Mahorn or any of those bad boys guys. Um, but John Sally is, uh, you know, he and I have, have texted a couple times since then, and I, I'm pretty confident that he and I are going to maintain a relationship. Um, I also really enjoyed the work I did with Kayvon Thibodeau. I know NFL guys are really going to um, learn a lot about Kayvon Thibodeau, hopefully, over the next 10, 15 years. He's yeah. a, just a really smart, compassionate, um, nasty dude yeah. um, on the field, I think, is going to be a game changer for a long time in the league. Um, but is really dedicated to um, to his neighborhood in, in, in Compton, um, South Central Los Angeles. And, you know, he's already got cha- uh, a charitable organization where he's given back to his community, and he hasn't even been drafted yet, but he's a real special guy. Um, and then uh, then Coach Rob Mendez, who is um, who was made famous uh, when he won the, um, the ESPY uh, for, I think it was the, the – the, um, the Jimmy Valvano Award, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Rob Mendez and I um, got to work together a bit. We were actually at that Babes and Ballers party together that was hosted by our friend uh, Bonnie Jill Laughlin, who okay. is one of those people. Bonnie Jill should be at the top of the list of the people that I love seeing every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a real special uh, m- member of the media and, and a remarkable um, inspiration. Uh, not only is she does she have... Um, championship rings with the 49ers and Cowboys um, because she was a cheerleader for them when they went on their runs but she mm. was also she also has a ring with the Lakers because she was the first female scout in NBA history wow um, she is just a, a, mm. a true vanguard in our industry mm. she was also on the first season of Baywatch she's also a um, wow a, a media member in San Francisco she's on KNBR I think mm-hmm. um, but she is just marvelous and and she invited us all out to her party. Um, she lives in Los Angeles. She has a place in Los Angeles. And um, it was great. It was great to be out there walking the red carpet. Like, well, who the hell am I uh, to walk a red carpet? But I was walking the red carpet. It was, you know, me, the Wounded Warrior guys, Coach Rob Mendez. Um, and it was really – Los Angeles will stick out to me for a number of reasons. But those, mm-hmm. those people will be the reason why. Sure. Um, now this is a – Kind of a you know Boston-based podcast. Do you have any relationships with any of the any people from Boston? So like the radio stations or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, the um, the EEI guys. So every year, uh, I love working with the EEI guys and the Sports Hub guys. Uh, they're mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, whether it's Tyler uh, uh, from EEI or, or Jim from um, Sports Hub, mm-hmm. um, I really love. This year, I think both stations only sent in person their midday shows. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's great to see, you know, to have little conversations with Lou. Um, Lou Merloni and I have developed a relationship over the years. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, it's not like, you know, we don't go to breakfast together or sure. anything, but it really is nice to see them and to catch up with them. 
Um, so, you know, Lou was great. I really enjoy working with Lou a lot. Um, and those, you know, the sports hub guys are awesome. You know, they're, they're pretty, this year it was, uh, Maserati and Felger, um, were out there, but those, their, their setup is a little, um, because they're an NBC sports setup. So WEEI is set up in the main area with all of the other, you know, eight foot tables. Yeah. Um, but because NBC sports has, you know, is also one of the affiliates, the primary affiliates of the NFL, right? they are in a separate pod where like, um, you know, where the big national areas are. So even though they don't have a big stage to themselves, right. they have to do a little extra work to get to the sports hub and they're set up a little bit farther away. Oh, I see. Um, and so, uh, so it's, so that, you know, uh, Maz and Felger aren't necessarily just like, they don't. They don't wander around as much as like Fourier and Merloni mm. and you know Tyler do, mm-hmm. um, but they're great. I mean, both stations. I think if I if I could, I think both stations have done a really nice job of starting to come back from the lunatic fringe that EEI was in for a while. Um, I mm. think some of their you know without naming names because I don't think those um, those guys need to be shouted out. I mm-hmm. think there were two or three or four personalities on EEI specifically that were dragging down the whole brand, mm-hmm. um, and and subsequently uh, dragging down the the industry because, and this isn't, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here, mm-hmm. you know, EEI is one of the pioneers of our industry. Um, EEI FAN, I mean, um, these are the. They are, you know, some of the first ever sports-only talkers. Sure. Um, and when EEI started to s- spiral into, you know, lunatic, fringy, QAnon, mm-hmm. QAnon in the morning, yeah. um, uh, I think that the rest of the industry really, really suffered from that. Sure. Um, and uh, it's great to see that um, that that they are uh, willing to punch their way back and lead their way back. Um, and I think that the whole the whole room feels better now that EEI um, is has become has has gone back to what sports talk radio should be, you sure. know, smart sure. sports talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's good to hear. Um, so I kind of have a, a question. So with all the you know stuff that you do during the week, does it kind of take the air out of the game a little bit on Sunday? Yeah, it totally does. I oh, I will say this, Garrett. <laughs> Excuse me. I will say this. This year, there was less talk about the game itself in that room than any year I have ever seen before. Wow. So throughout the week, um, it was almost as if there were plenty of there were so many other storylines that the game itself took a, a a way back seat. Now I don't know if it's because. L.A. v. Cincinnati was less sexy than maybe um, some of the stations in there wanted, or maybe it was that uh, folks in the media were just so happy to be back together that they were just, you know, like a lot of the interviews that I heard were, yeah, just not about the game. They were sort of globally based about history of the future of the sport, you know, telling stories because everyone in that room, I mean, you know, we're all storytellers, right? And we hadn't been able to tell each other stories for two years. Mm. Um, and so I found it interesting that this year there was as little, there was less talk than I've ever heard. Um, 
but yeah, typically, and this year as well, it does. The whole the whole game by the time yeah. by the time Sunday rolls around, um, the game itself is not really is not really central. And I think that this is gonna sound this is gonna sound like I'm ungrateful um, for the industry that we're in, but I don't think I don't think it's that at all. I think that if you do a few of these, you know, the first couple of years, you are so focused on the game itself. But then, as I had mentioned, when you pull back and you realize that Super Bowl week is, is you know, 10% about the game. Right. You know, really, all the stuff that leads up to it. Um, which is why 95% of the media leaves on Friday night. Um, you mm. know, including me. You see, you know, as, as Los Angeles, as LAX on Friday night was a really funny visual. And it's like this every year. Mm. Friday night, as soon as Radio Row breaks down, you see all these cars going to the airport carrying the media as all of the and we pass each other in the airport. Fans getting off planes, that media is getting on. Wow! Uh, it's a really neat visual that I think only and you can see because you know all, most of the folks were so comatose from a full week worth of work that some people still have their credentials on. So you can see this like torrent of credentialed media walking through security one way and a bunch of people wearing this year Cincinnati garb. Um, you know, yelling who day and coming the other way. Yeah. It's a, it's a neat visual. That is so funny. Um, so I was curious just to maybe talk about the game a little bit. Um, you know, I wanted most of this interview to talk about, you know, your experience at Radio Row, but um, just kind of your overall thoughts from the game. I am so worried that, um, that we've seen the best of Joe already. Um, and this is not an implication. I mean, the best his best is amazing. Um, but I really like him. I like his spirit. I like, I like his, um, cool. I like his cockiness. Um, I like, I I like how he's a smart, he's a smarter gunslinger, um, than we usually see. Um, I love Jamar Chase. I love what they do. Um, and I'm so worried that that offensive line is going to get that man killed. I mean, when he was on the ground and they had that tight shot of his face screaming, grabbing his knee. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could think was we may never get to see the ceiling for this guy. Mm. Um, because this is two years now. And I thought that that was his second catastrophic knee injury. And I thought, this is not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. And so I want to believe that Cincinnati Cincinnati does have the dogs to come back again and again and again. Absolutely. So, you know, but it, it scares me because they're also, I mean, they're also in, a, in an AFC now at a time with Mahomes and Allen and Lamar. And, um, you know, I know Patriots fans want me to say Mac, but um, I'm not going to yet. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's fair. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully, hopefully Mac and Trevor will be there too, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, but there's, there's a great era to be a fan of the AFC. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's a great era to be a 1B quarterback in the AFC because there's a, there's a, it's okay to be a king, but there's a lot of aces. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and also, you know, I have a soft spot for Matt Stafford. Don't we all? Yeah, we all do. We all do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so I love, I'm glad that they got theirs. Um, I'm glad Odell got his. I think it might be over for him now that we know that it looks like a you know an ACL tear. Um, I'm glad he got his. I feel like it's a vindication for 
fans of a certain age who grew up thinking Odell was going to be there forever and, you know, be like this transcendent superstar. Mm. I'm just glad Odell got his. I think yeah. it, it gives me uh, a lot of peace knowing that that dude, um, that dude got a ring out of it. And, yeah. you know, Aaron Donald is fun. And it was, it was a great game. I expected there to be more points. Um, and, uh, and had I taken action, it would have been um, on the over. It was 48 and a half. Um, hmm. And uh, I would have I gone, here's my two tickets. I would have gone Bengals in the points, and I would have parlayed that with the over. And so I would have lost. I would have hit the Bengals, but obviously lost the over. Sure. I ended at 43. Um, but, no, no, I, thought, I, think it was, I think it was great. I think both of those teams have what it takes to get back next year. Hmm. But I think that the shelf life for the Rams – you know they're like uh they're like the they're 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 like organic milk in the the, the expiration date is in two days like mm. it's delicious it's good but you better find a way to bake with that you better eat a lot of cereal because when it goes bad it's gonna go bad for the rams mm-hmm. yeah i think considering you know all the you know assets they put into bringing in you know stafford von miller uh you know, all the guys that they brought in via trade, um, yep. you know, it's kind of like, okay, you go win yeah. now, but like how, how, how much, how, how much more are you going to be able to win until it's like, okay, you gotta, yeah, they're going to probably be a mess in five, five years. You know, what's funny. And I love, I love that that coincides with McVeigh now talking about how not wanting to coach until he's 50, he's 50 because he wants a better work-life balance. Mm. That dude is looking, he's just looking at the reality of his draft situation. He's like, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to ride this out for a couple of years <laughs> and then I am, I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, you know, whenever the day comes, I am excited to see him on TV, assuming that that's what he does. Um, he just seems like someone who I think would just be an outstanding broadcaster. Totally agree. Totally agree. And he's got, you know, I, I hope he leads as we, as we start to transition into an era where talking about mental health in athletics, is mm. something we, we do and it's not even second, second nature. I'm hoping that he and the other athletes of his vintage, cause I think isn't McVay's only like 36. Um, yeah. I think these dudes are the ones that are going to reestablish um, that it's, you know, sleeping, it's fine, like, if that's your thing, but, like, this whole Belichickian sleeping on your office couch, um, you know, putting in 19, 20 hours a day, mm-hmm. like, it's not healthy. And, sure. And hopefully the, the Sean McVeigh's and the, I know, I shouldn't say the name Ben Simmons because it makes people in Boston cringe, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Ben Simmons of the world, the people who talk about mental health, I, I hope that it makes it easier for people who are coming behind us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always been a proponent of that, you know, in, in life and, you know, on this podcast that I think it's important that we kind of evolve as human beings and start to realize that, okay, you know, stuff like this is normal and a lot of people go through this and, you know, we have to, I don't know, some sense of, of empathy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if kindness came in style? Empathy, empathy and kindness. Mm. It's just like that's something I think that should be uh, our our mission, you and me, like specifically. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change the whole trajectory of this nonsense. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, love hearing about the the Super Bowl. I'm always you know fascinated to hear about the experiences and the and the stories that you have each time that you go. Um, but this was a, a great talk. Great, uh, really enjoyed this. 
Well, man, I, I, I did too. And, um, I, you know, I love what you're doing too. I love, I love the way that you talk about smart, smart sports talk and like you and I forever have always had this conversation that like, it's so for, for those of, for, for our colleagues who are in the industry and who are only doing, you know, sort of box, box score bros, Mm. Um, there's just there's so much of that and there's so little of the actual conversation and that's why i just really love what you do here and i always have i appreciate that of course man and guest friday i mean that's awesome i, I feel like <laughs> your conversations that's the thing though man forever you've always been so good at just bringing out the best in people and having conversations that these are the things that we really need to settle on to, to, if we could just bring bring the art of the conversation back to the forefront we're mm. in good hands you're doing a great job with that so thank you Anything, anything that you would like to plug uh, personally? Uh, no, uh, eat your vegetables and uh, be kind to others. How's that? <laughs> That's great. That is perfect. <laughs> oh, gee, money. It's great to see your face and hear your voice, buddy. You have me back. Yeah. Anytime you want me back, you let me know. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, you can you can follow Kyle on on Twitter. Um, your, what's your Twitter handle? I feel like an idiot for yeah, asking that. At KB said so. KB said so. Um, Great. Great. That is, that is awesome. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'll uh, be back with you next week.